Hey guys, I'm Owen, and today I'm talking to Soren Goldsmith, who's a wildlife conservation photographer, but he'll introduce himself more in the episode. Enjoy the episode. All right. Let's to start to start off, just like tell tell the people a little bit a little bit about yourself, like who you are, where you're from. All right. My name is Soren. You can follow me on Instagram at Soren Goldsmith. And I uh, I'm from Boston, Massachusetts. I have been doing wildlife photography for the past about two years. And most recently, I've been doing a lot of work with camera traps, which is motion activated cameras in the woods. Um, and it's cool to see urban wildlife around. And that's sort of what I've been focusing on now is like showing people the things that they don't see. People that aren't wildlife people, just just the general public, to make them care more about the environment and protecting it, especially in urban areas. Yeah, definitely, I agree with that. Talking to some people, they just like they'll just not like see all of the animals that are around them, and like some people like look at my Instagram, like some of my friends, and they're just like, "Where do you find these?" I'm like, "Just look, they're like right next to you." And like people also just don't don't realize the effect that they have on, on the just the wildlife around them. I do think like before I did wildlife photography, I would see an animal very much more rarely that was cool. And I'd be like, I mean, that, that's something I remember. Like, oh my God, that bald eagle I saw a month ago. Like, that's amazing. That's living right there. And it, in the town over whatever it is so if you like increase the frequency that other people are made aware of these animals it'll make them be more interested in the environment yeah definitely is that something that you're interested in doing for like a career absolutely i i think like I, I think the number one problem in terms of climate change and the environment and the world is that people aren't connected to nature anymore. And, yeah. and I think, I mean, as recently as like 50 years ago, I just think people are much more connected. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. People, I don't know. It is a really like a big like noticeable disconnect between like the I don't know I guess just our society and then we're just kind of like placed here among all of the animals and people just didn't really realize that it's kind of strange yeah and I, just the idea that like the people are like oh I hate nature oh I, I don't want to go outside like yeah what I can't go in the wood like like do you know we are like animals we are <laughs> We are literally evolved. monkeys. Exactly. Someone just like gave monkeys a bunch of power and now we're just like different from the rest of the rest of the nature. Like that's not how it is. Uh, yeah, exactly. But I, I think so. I just think getting back to that and everybody feeling like connected to the environment and nature and that they're like a part of it. And once you realize that it comes, it becomes a lot more important to you. If you never go into the woods, why would you care about the woods? Yeah, that's a good point. That's kind of kind of going back to like that disconnect. Like you just don't realize that you're actually a part of something. 
And like, I don't know. Yeah, like you said, if you don't see the animals, you're not gonna care about them. But like, it is so easy to find them usually. Except for some animals. Yeah, well, that's part of this project. I One thing I noticed is birds don't have the same effect on people as mammals do. That's very true. Uh, I don't know why it is, but when I post a picture of a mammal on my Instagram, I, it will get more likes. It will get more engagement. And huh. it, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know if it's like that for anyone. That's just how it is on my account. That makes a lot of sense. I've actually, I've noticed that more like in real life as opposed to on Instagram. I mean, I don't really photograph a lot of mammals just because like they're hard to find. Not hard to find. They're hard to find in the right situations. I feel like for me anyway. I think they're very hard to find. (laughs) Like I I cannot. I I see deer constantly. Well, deer, there's some animals that are easy up to find, but if we're talking right. like, like one thing is there's animals like coyotes and it's foxes, those type of animals. Like, I think that they used to be pretty diurnal, what's it, diurnal? Yeah. But then because of people, they only are, are out at night now. Huh. You can't so even photograph them. Yeah. Photograph them when there's no light. You have one image of a... Uh... A coyote right or maybe more than that you have one from your camera trap right i think i saw that on your instagram i do do you want me to share it yeah yeah there i have one image of a fox from my like four years of wildlife photography which is i don't know it's kind of a crazy ratio yeah though i i mean they're just they're like I don't know. Are they, they, they don't like people very much. No, I, th- I can see why. <laughs> um, I mean, so this shot, did you just like set up your camera just like in the woods? Like, how did you get that? Uh, are, you, are you talking about the one where it's like walking across the frame yeah. towards the, the right side? Yeah. That, that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so if you don't know what I'm talking about, you can see the picture on Soren Goldsmith's Instagram. It's a picture of a coyote just crossing the frame on a black background with the flash on at night. Um, so that was like, that was an exciting moment to get that shot because uh, it, I did, yeah. I set up the camera. I had this elaborate flash set up with like one flashes on different angles to get good lighting and um and that was the first shot I got with the camera trap that I really liked um because I just I mean the, the amount of detail you get in that shot and it's taken at like a 50 millimeter lens maybe yeah so I mean you can never take that picture with a 50 millimeter lens <laughs> and if you're actually standing there you need a camera trap to do that right it's such a unique image how, is that like the raw image? Is that how edited is that? Uh, it, it's it's pretty lightly edited. Yeah, I I did darken the the bottom a little bit so that there's a little bit more emphasis on the coyote. Right. That's about it. That's so interesting. 
it's so important to get that like i don't know just that communication of like these animals are actually like here and they exist and we are not good for them (laughs) i think that's really important to like share that especially um as like a younger person because i feel like a lot of people might be more inclined to be like oh this younger person cares about the environment and then it's like if they do then i should too and get more young people to care about it because it's like the next generation i completely agree one thing i noticed is so this was this was the first camera trap i ever put up and so i was i felt like oh the most animals are going to be the deepest into the conservation lands I need to find the most off trail area, the most secluded area. To get to this camera trap, I had to go like down a small stream. I mean, this is probably the most remote spot I could find in my town. Um, It was like a five minute walk down a stream. Uh, And I didn't get that much animal traffic, really. I got this coyote, a raccoon came a few times. And that was about it. But then as I kept going, I realized when I put it like, for example, in my backyard or somewhere that's much more in a center of urban development, there's just as much, if not more animals in those areas. Um, I've gotten a, a bobcat in my backyard. I've gotten coyotes, possum, raccoon, fox. What else? I don't Wow, that's I mean, fascinating. Just, I think like it goes to show how much this land that we live on, even non-conservation land, is like really important. Yeah, that's so interesting. That's so like backward to what you might think. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it really does show how like the land is still like the animal's land. It's like just because it's like developed doesn't mean that they're not going to use it it's kind of i don't know that's really interesting to me so what did you use for like a setup like what is your camera trapping setup i know pretty much nothing about camera trapping i've never done it before i so there's this company it's super awesome it's called cam traptions i highly recommend and they make um a lot of camera trapping equipment um and basically the there's three parts of a camera trap there's your camera housing which protects the camera from the weather and you put the camera in it there's the motion sensor and that's what triggers it when an animal crosses by it sends a signal to the camera and the flashes and that's the third thing the flashes and people can do it with one flash, two flashes. Some people I've heard use four different flashes to get all sorts of cool lighting angles. Um, and so then you go and you set up the flashes in the woods. You set up the, um, the motion sensor where you think an animal will cross in your camera. You're basically building a photo booth in the woods. And um, and that's your setup. And cam traptions, um, they will make they make a motion sensor and they make flashes that are especially made for camera trapping um, and a good housing. 
I've also seen people that DIY um, different parts of the setup, but it's not as it's not as good. Yeah, that sounds a bit bit nerve wracking DIYing a setup and then leaving your like expensive DSLR in the woods. Yeah. What kind well, of camera did you use for yours? I used D fifty six hundreds. I would have a- used I would have used D thirty five hundreds, but they don't have remote shutter ports oh, you need what? a remote shutter port <laughs> what is the the d5600 run um like what lens like price wise oh uh i think it was like 800 oh, then, that's not um, bad i mean that's quite a bit but like yeah it's pretty expensive definitely... but i was able to get them used so yeah i think they're like 500 550 yeah D3500s are like such a, I don't know. I think they're a really good deal. Dude, I was looking on Amazon. There's like $300 for like a whole setup. I was like, what? It's so cheap. They are, that was my first camera. Me too. Are, I love it. Yeah. They're great. Did you get like the package with the uh, the D3500 and then like the 70 to 300? And yep. there's like yeah. one more short one. Yeah. I had that too. <laughs> I shot so many of my pictures on that and you would like never know. I, I it's a great camera. It I really think, is. Yeah, and the, definitely the whole like 300 mil to get you sort of into the, the gate is a big, big plus. Yeah, yeah. It's like a gateway drug. <laughs> now I just spent all my money on a $1,000 lens and a new a new body. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Within less than a year, I had bought a Z6. Yep. <laughs> what are you shooting with now? I'm using Z6 a Z- and, uh, and uh Sigma 150 to 600. How do you like that lens? I like it a lot. I'm very impressed with it considering the price and the fact that like if you were to go anything more expensive, it's like ten thousand dollars. <laughs> it's like the price difference, yeah, between that tier of lens and a better one. Oh, it's, it's so it's Z- almost as good. Yeah, it is. I have a, uh, I have the one hundred to four hundred. I think it was just like I don't I don't know why I bought that over the uh, one fifty to six hundred. I think it might have been a little cheaper or something. But is the Z six a uh, is that full frame? It's a full frame mirrorless. Okay. And I love it. I was, because I was when I started, I was doing like mostly owl stuff yeah and owls of course are nocturnal animals so they're out when it gets dark out yeah and i uh so i really wanted a full frame because i wanted high iso performance yeah is that you you, the uh what am i trying to say the 3500 it's a uh, apsc right it is Hmm. i've been thinking about getting a full frame because i have a a a 6400 which is an apsc so like focal length it's essentially the same as what you're using just without the good low light performance Hmm. yeah i think i one thing i was really concerned about when getting a full frame was like oh i'm losing my zoom yeah and it's so not you don't even think about it (laughs) yeah you might have convinced me (laughs) i might be about to be out of I think you grand. should get a full frame. I think I think it's a good investment. Get the Z9. Yeah. 
Z9. How much is that camera? Like five thousand. <laughs> Something like that. Ooh, that's gonna hurt the bank account. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cameras are so nice though. I could spend all my money on a camera and just be like fine with it. I'd be like, yes, this is a good purchase. <laughs> you so I want to talk about the mass Audubon. You won the mass Audubon photo contest, right? I did. Was that last year or this year? That was this year. Or I guess it was technically 2021. Was it it was like the most recent one? Most though? recent one. Huh. That what image did you uh win that with? So I won that with a picture of a baby woodchuck. If you go to winners and you go to mammals, that's me. <laughs> that's um, so cool. Yeah, it was cool because my friend, he texted me. He's like, yo, I have a woodchuck den in my front yard. And I know that woodchucks are pretty common in a lot of places, but where I live, they're not. I mean, you never oh, really? see them. Yeah, that, I mean, that's the first one I had ever seen in my town and so it was super cool and they have all these babies and they're walking around and this one was walking right up to me you know he, he was sniffing me so because of that I was able to get this really intimate shot of him walking up to me and right at eye level um and of course he's very cute because he's a baby yeah um that's such like an off the cuff photo too. How long did that take to get? I think I was there for like an hour. That's not I got a bad. bunch of yeah, I got an interesting one, a bunch of interesting ones. Um but yeah, no, it was like totally random. When I took it, I never would have thought that I would win that contest, but yeah. That's so was, cool. Yeah. How many people do you know how many people were like um contestants? There were 8,000 submissions. Wow. And that makes it the most competitive year in contest history. So that's so cool. <laughs> that's such a flex. It's my big flex. Yeah. <laughs> that's really cool. So you mentioned earlier that you used to photograph owls a lot. How do you do that? I have gone out so many times and I've, I've heard owls. And I've seen owls when I don't have my camera. How do you like go out and find owls? I mean, it's 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 one of those things where it just it's like it's just a lot of it's a mix between luck and just persistence and hard work. Like, and a lot of it is like, once you have a location, owls tend to stick around. So if you know where an owl is one time, you can go back the next day and that owl is almost definitely gonna be there again. Um, so when I first started, I remember just having no idea what to do. And I was going online, I was looking everywhere. How do I find an owl? I never seen one before. I think I spent like two or maybe three months going out almost daily searching for owls and just nothing. And then, and I had no idea what I was doing. I think if I had known what I know now, I could have found one a lot more quickly. Um, but then out of some crazy stroke of luck, 
I found an owl just in a tree, completely with no help at all. Um, and I, I think if I had that day hadn't happened, it happened to be Halloween, I guess, so it's symbolic. I would not be where I am today in terms of my wildlife photography. But then once that happened, it was sort of a, a catalyst and I figured it out. You know, I got better at scanning the trees. Um, I got better at knowing where they like to hang out, what type of habitat. And so now I sort of know, like, if they're, when I'm in owl habitat, I can, I can usually find an owl. Um, but then the other side of the owling is kind of toxic. Like the, the, the birding community is not nice. And these people are, <laughs> are very, very like protective about locations. So a lot of my owl spots are places where other people told me where they were, but people do not like telling you where the owls are. Huh. And people will like yell at you for looking at an owl and be and say like you're being unethical because you're standing there 50 feet away <laughs> like that's kind of absurd i mean i get like being respectful of the wildlife but that seems a bit a uh, bit extreme yeah i mean have you have you experienced that yourself with like toxic birders well not really because there's literally no one around here like i live so i live in hope um i don't know if you know where that is it's like mid-coast maine but i'm kind of just like in the woods so i just go out onto land where there's like zero people within like 10 miles and so i don't really see many people that's nice (laughs) it kind of is that makes it harder to find owls though because you have oh yeah you know, people yeah what? people tell me about like the birding gangs of the area you know, <laughs> there's like clubs of people and they like keep the locations and they won't tell the other group where they are and like that's the none of that drama you have up there oh no i've never experienced any uh any birding gangs <laughs> that's so funny though but that's like also really toxic. Like it's such a wholesome thing just going out and birding. I, I just think it's like to say that you, you know, like this is my location and I'm allowed to go and see the owl, but you're not allowed to go see the owl because that's unethical because we can't harass the owl. But then you're going and you're taking pictures of the owl. And you I mean you see those people on Instagram and they're like, you guys are so such assholes. You're you guys, you know, look at all these people harassing the owl. And then um, their whole feed is pictures of owls. <laughs> oh, that's absurd. Are these people that are like on public land? Or is it like, what kind of land is this? What's the ownership? Public land. That is absurd. It's, it's like, uh, it's so annoying. You know, I'd get it if it was like their land or like, someone they know that you don't know but if it's public then that's just absurd that's so toxic <laughs> it's kind yeah. of funny though people yeah, like go that hard yeah it's it's interesting it is a culture thing like i went up to canada to photograph a great gray owl 
and I, that's a whole another story, but the whole culture there is totally different. And I, and I don't know if you don't know about great gray owls, they are like the pinnacle of owl. They're yeah. like, they're like the top tier. Everyone wants to see one. And because of that, they're also the most heavily protected and people are most harsh about preventing them from being harassed, I guess. Um, and so around here, people will never talk about great gray owl locations. I head up to Quebec City and everyone's like, oh yeah, there's the great gray owl over there. You, know? <laughs> you should go see it. <laughs> Classic Canada. They're so nice. so nice. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. That is such a big cultural difference. Especially, I wonder how it varies like between states. Because like, I feel like Northern, I don't know, actually. Might just be the U.S. as a whole that's a bit more uh, gatekeepy and just just toxic about it. I think that like the Midwest is a little bit better. I was up in uh, in upstate New York, and there was this spot, and they had saw wet and long eared owls, and they were like taking people in there is in tours to show them the owls. And if that type of thing happened in Massachusetts, they would there would be like people public shaming them on Instagram. <laughs> so harsh. That's yeah, that's very strange. I don't know if that's like a thing really in Maine. I've never experienced that. I mean, maybe like down south, like you know, Reed. Maybe like yeah. where he is, because he lives in Portland. That's a bit more like populated, so they might have to like care a bit more. Yeah, I'd be interested to see what he says about that. Yeah, might have to ask him about that. Because I mean, around here, the percentage of people that are going to care about an owl is like so low. It's probably like me and like four other people and within like 50 miles. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Must be cool to live up there, though. Yeah. I mean, it is and it isn't because, like, there is absolutely no one, like, my age to go birding with. I've heard of one person that's, like, three years older than me that was, like, a birder, and he, like, worked for the main Audubon. But that's about it. It's, like, just me. It's so strange. Yeah, but... that, that's... Yeah, I mean, that's true. Yeah. Do you have, like, birding friends, like, people to go with? I do have some friends to go with, but usually I'm on my own. Yeah. Sometimes I'll bring people that are not birders. Yeah. To go with me. <laughs> it's uh, kind of nice just going by yourself. It's kind of, like, therapeutic almost, just God, walking like, around the woods. Yeah, it's just, like, the more time I spend, the more I notice about what's around me. And if right. I'm with someone, I don't notice anything. So, Yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's definitely like a skill, I guess, that you kind of develop. Because, like, I'll go walk in the woods or even just walk down my road, and I notice so many more things. I'm just like, hey, there's this specific kind of bird. And the person next to me is like, what? And then they look over, and they just, like, don't notice it at all. I think it's like a skill that you can kind of develop, which is kind of cool. 
That's totally true. I feel like I need to develop that skill some more. Oh, yeah. I think we all can. Yeah. It's kind of how you improve as a birder or a nature photographer. Yeah, you know, and like when I'm with other people, I'll go and I'll see a bird and they're like, how do you see that? I'm like, I'm like I don't know how I saw that. And then I go and I hang out with another person who's like so much better than me. And they, the things they see is like unreal. Yeah. Yeah, I went with, um, he's just like, he's a professional wildlife photographer, like up in Northern, it's like Northwestern, Maine, And he was like, so much better than me. He was like, there are no birds here. I was like, wait, how can you tell? And it was like, I don't know. He was, he was very observant, which is really cool. It's so interesting to like watch people that are better than you. Oh yeah, for sure. That's what I say. It's like my own, my big piece of advice. Always be ready to learn from other people. Yeah, that's you a big one. You never think you're the best. Definitely not. That's a good one. That's a solid piece of advice. Especially since like, I don't think anyone's ever the best, really. There's always some person that's better. There's always some five-year-old that's better than you oh my god (laughs) there's definitely people that i know who uh have sort of like a mindset that they know it all (laughs) and it's it's annoying yeah that's a that's a dangerous hole to fall into because then you're just not going to get better i think i used to be like that when i first started I mean, yeah. you know like the dunning kruger effect yeah i mean that that's sort of how i think what i think happens to people yeah i agree with that and then i started looking at other people's work especially those that are my age and i was like damn i got a i got a lot to learn <laughs> yeah you got to step up the game <laughs> you scroll through like the instagram like for you or explore page whatever they call it and it's like all these just absolutely like perfect images of like kingfishers and stuff. I'm just like, what is this? Oh, if only I was that good. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I think I'm I think we're good for time. How long is this? This has been like 30 minutes. I think that's pretty good. All awesome. right. Do you have any uh any final final sayings you want to plug your plug your instagram or anything uh follow me on instagram soren goldsmith thank you owen for having me on of course yeah definitely let me know if you want to come back on the show i will maybe i'll have some uh who knows what the camera trap will will bring next looks like we're at the end of the episode please remember to like and subscribe on youtube and subscribe and leave a review on all podcast platforms Peace.